So then, as I mentioned, we spoke to Walter Mukwena in his capacity as the special advisor to the Minister of Sport, Arts and Culture, um, Minister Natim Tetwa, sometime last year. And a lot of people tweeted us saying that we should bring him back uh, on SAFM. They want to hear from him. They want to reflect on his career. And I'm very happy to say that one of the most seasoned sports broadcasters, one of the people that we looked up to, um, especially the members of this show, we all agreed on that when we were preparing for this, is in studio with us tonight. We're going to roll back the clock and talk about his incredible journey so far. Walter, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us and being in studio with us on SAFM tonight. Tavi, sir, it's good to be here on your show. I don't know how you got me to come to your show here because I really haven't been conducting any interviews about myself, certainly, because I don't like talking about myself. That I had that as a question. I can show, even show you the runner. Because you don't usually do interviews and we had to twist your arm so many times when we wanted to do this interview with you to try and convince you that it is the right thing to do, Walter Mukwena. And so many people are happy to hear from you tonight. But why is that? Why don't you like to talk about yourself? Um, I think partly it's because I'm generally a very shy person. I know it's hard to believe, but I actually am. Um, and hence, unless if I'm working, I hardly attend even any social events. I'm a loner. I've always been. Really? An outsider. Wow. The underdog. You know, I would so. have never thought. Yeah, I like to keep to myself, you know. Um, uh, just, I'm happy when I'm just sitting at home, reading a book, uh, watching sports on, on television, and uh, I'm at my best. If How you can leave boring. Me alone with, I am very boring, actually. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the point you're trying to make. No, that's like, the point, actually. I'm a very boring guy. That's why one gentleman has six questions for you because he says you never talk. But I want to read you some of the tweets first. Uh, Lihipi says, Amen. The best in the business of sport presenting by far. And then somebody else says, Magabu Yego SABC Sport TV. That's Nkululeko saying that we need him. And then this gentleman, Tato Andile Majola, has six questions for Walter Mukwena. And I'm going to get to them all. I'm going to get to all of them. Bruce says, thank you very much for bringing Walter Mukwena in a studio. I will believe it when I hear him. Okay, well, I'm sure you can believe it now, Bruce. And uh, Willie says, that's a legend right there. Uh, sports broadcasting and SABC sport is not the same without him. On that note, how does it feel to be back at the SABC, sir? Well, um, yeah, it's... Uh I walked through these doors um, 20 years ago mm. um, when I joined SAPC1, taking over from Martin Locke to present uh, Mabaleng. Yeah, mm. That was 20 years ago, two decades now. And that makes it 22 years already this month in the in the industry. It's um, a long time. It's a long time. I know now I'm revealing my age. But <laughs> I, I really jumped out of high school straight into broadcasting. But it, it, it's good memories. It's a place that has shaped me and some of the best memories that I have um, in my uh, young working life. Um, they're all made here uh, in this great institution. Um, I remain eternally grateful for all the lessons I've learned, the experiences that I've picked up being in this place and working with many great people great broadcasters who you've had a chance to learn a lot from um, 
I mean, it's a long list from Martin Locke to Robert Marawat, you know, in that time when we're starting at Carol, Mike mm. Mangena, Max Maponyane, Sylvester Ndaba, Deshi Baktawa, and many great uh, men, people behind the scenes who really made it happen for us. You came in here as a, like, really a kid. I was 22 years old then. Mm. So it's been great, great memories indeed. Folklore has it that you wanted to become a professional football player. And apparently you went for trials at some team in Cape Town. Is that folklore? Is that is that truth? It's actually a true story. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I left, I, I remember I had Reebok boots. Mm. Um, and they stayed in this, what in township speaker called the plastic, checkers. Mm. <laughs> checkers. And at the time, Cape Town Spurs... Um, uh, I mean, there they, they was a great site. Uh, Sean Bartlett was there, David Nyati, uh, David Modise, Andre Arense. Mm. And I arrived there, and, uh, you know, I came from the Highfield. When it rained there, we never trained. So mm-hmm. we arrived in Cape Town. It was raining every day. Which <laughs> is normal. And I just thought, you know what? Okay, so it's raining, so, uh, you know, there's no training. So anyway, I skipped the first two training sessions. At the same time, Simba, Harayepe Maruma was also there. We were there as youngsters at the same time. Mm. Then I bumped into Mish Diavre at the old Greenpoint Stadium. He said to me, you didn't come to training. You must never come again. You know, Go mm. back to where you came from. <laughs> so then, of course, uh, that was the end of it. My, uh, you know, budding footballing career was over. But I had actually done trials before at Chiefs mm. as well, at, when they were still at uh, Rao. <coughs> really? I had gone there. And, With Monde Twala in them? But Monde was very good, actually. No, I know. Yeah, I've Monde was very good. Listen, I mean, you, you know, in trials, you get the odd, I don't know, 10 minutes, and you hardly, yeah. you touch the ball four times. Then at the end of it, they blow the whistle. They say, okay, guys, it's over. And then you have to basically go back home. <laughs> then so, I would later go to to, to Hellenic. I remember yes. Gavin Hunt was there. Uh, Hellenic were training at the old, also, uh, Greenpoint Stadium. I tried my luck there as well. It turns out, it turned out that I wasn't as good as uh, the guys that were there at the time. And uh, But the guy actually who helped me a lot was uh, Trevor Musiatebe. Oh, yes. Because yes. we would later stay together in, uh, in Summer Greens, where most of the Cape Town players were staying. Players mm. were staying. It was Trevor Musiatebe, Epangala Pati Lokose. He was mm. from the DRC. And a young man at the time called Rowan Dolphin, who was mm-hmm. uh, playing for the under-23s. So I, I then ended up uh, like crashing there with Trevor. Now that, you know, my football dreams were over. <laughs> and uh, then I had to find, I had to design a survival plan, <laughs> which, you know, became the next thing. Did it hurt that you couldn't make it as a pro footballer? No, not really. It didn't. I knew that I, 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 there was two pathways I could go. Either if I don't make it as a footballer, I must make it as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I would later get a chance later on to become a footballer, a professional footballer through Tembisa Classic, mm-hmm. which at the time I had already started at SABC doing the weekend shows. And I remember at the time, Cabo Zondo gave me a chance there. And I thought I did pretty well. But I thought, am I going to leave? Because the games are on weekends. My shows did are on Did you get weekend. a contract or were you still training? I didn't. But I was at the time, it looked possible. Mm. In those days, players were you on two grand a month, two, three grand a month. Oh, and I and I don't know, far more than that on, on the show. And I thought, I'm not going to jeopardize that because I'll never really be a great player, let's face it. And uh, 
maybe my talents actually you know, somewhere, somewhere else. else. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. For those who've just joined us, we are catching up with Walter Mukwena. We're already receiving voice notes. Uh, let's go to them before this uh, a break, if they're already available, and then we'll take a quick break and we'll continue. But we'll take your calls, 0891-104-207, and WhatsApp voice notes, 0614104107. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's go to those voice notes. Good evening, member there and Katar. I just wanted to ask the greatest broadcaster I've ever watched and witnessed. What happened to Walter Stars? Is it still existing? Where did he discover players like APJL and them? Matimogish Gombin Pretoria. A very good evening to all. A question for Walter Mokena. Is it correct for me to state that you had a football team some years ago? And if it is correct, could you please tell us what happened to the team? How far are they? Which league they're in? Are they still existing? Hope you are doing very well. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thanks for those voice notes. And there are so many questions coming through on Twitter, but I guess we're going to have to start there. Then uh, they're both asking the same thing. Walter Stars. What happened to Walter? Actually, even before I ask what happened to Walter Stars, we've got that as one of our questions. Just talk to us about firstly forming Walter Stars, a team that gave a number of professional players their chance. What was the idea? How was this team formed? You know, I had um, a, 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 a friend who was also my uh, uh, one of my high school teachers. He's late now, Bongani Mabilisa. Mm-hmm. May his soul rest in peace. He, he approached me, said, you know, uh, there's a lot of talented young players here in Middlebrook who um, uh, are not getting opportunities, you know, to be scouted by teams and all of that. And uh, I said, okay, right, um, I'll sponsor a team. Let's start a team. He said, okay, it's fine. We'll start a team. I got a kid. I remember, in fact, I got the kid from um, from a gentleman who used to be at Mining Rangers called Param Joseph. Mm. Param Joseph gave me a kid, went to Middlebrook. I gave them a kid. And then we basically started like that. And I founded the team, and uh, Mabilisa was the one taking care of the players. We found a coach, and so we started. So in our initial intake, I think we found that's when we got a a 14-year-old Happy Jelle who came in, and um, he he did very well for us. My Jens playing right back, and he he played for us for a couple of years. And then later on, we would, would later try and uh, find trials for him. We first took him to Swallows. Mm-hmm. That's Happy. Yeah, Happy yeah. Challenge. Under Gavin Hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't really work out there. And then there was the Coca-Cola Football Stars, if you remember. Yes, I remember and, that. Um, I remember that. And I think in the finals, the Happy made it to the finals. Yes. And he picked a Kaiser Chiefs. Pick a Kaiser Chiefs jersey. Or I think in the... In the um, uh, there the was draft. A, there was a draft, yeah, and then he was drafted to be at Kaiser Chiefs mm. in Ennis Middendorf's first stint. Mm. And uh, one of the, in fact, he was one of two players from Walter Stars, and uh, another one was in Cizom Timunye. Mm-hmm. Then I caught the wind of the fact that Kaiser Chiefs were now inviting these boys to come and train here without talking to us as a club. Uh-huh. And I remember that uh, one of the boys... Uh, this is a story that was never told. One of the boys uh, said to me, hey, boss, you know, Happy was on his way to Kaiser Chiefs. Mm. Um, uh, he's going to be in Park Station now. Uh, we are together. But he sent me a message. <laughs> so 
I then phoned um, uh, earlier that day after I'd been alerted of what was going to happen. I then phoned uh, Dr. Ivan Koza. Um, happy belated birthday to to the chairman mm. celebrating his birthday yesterday. In fact, I did wish him when he spoke on the phone yesterday. But anyway, I called Dr. Koza. I said, look, there's a player. His name is Apichele. And Kaiser Chiefs are trying to steal him from us at Walter Stars. He says, okay. Um, all right. Is he any good? I said, he's going to be the future captain of Pirates. No way. And then I went there. I intercepted Happy. We drove straight to Parktown. Got there. Found uh, the well, the chairman was waiting there with uh, with uh, Mr. Stan Skrima Shabalala. Mm. Skinny little boy, 18 years old at the time. I said, okay, here. This is your future uh, captain of Orlando Pirates. The contract was signed for five years there and there. And uh, it was Mitchell's first stint as well yeah. at the time. And uh, it was uh, being assisted, I think, by Papi Khomani. The very two weeks later, I think Pirates took about five players to the U.S. They went there with Augusto Palacios, Joseph Makanya, I think Kif Leremi, Lebohang Mokwena, the late Kif Lereng, Lebohang Mokwena. They all went and Happy Chele joined them there. Mm. And the rest is history. That was 2006. Whoa, wow. Um, and he went on to become club captain. He went on to a seven player at the moment. I said it there at the time that this guy is going to captain this club. And, and uh, Screamer said, you think this boy can captain pirates? We now know what subsequently happened. And who are some of the other players that came from Walter Stars? Well, you had to balance the scale now because after after the whole Chiefs thing with Happy, mm. I had to level the, the playing field. And Mandla Masango helped us to do that because when we came through, <laughs> we then had to. <laughs> the Mandla Masango, I had to. Um, you know, he came, he did well for us. We played one season, 29 games, no loss, when you qualified to the Vodacom playoffs. Mm. Uh, happy played center half for in us. In SAB, in Castle. Uh, in Castle. Mandla Masang was phenomenal, scoring a lot of goals. Uh, he had already uh, gone, you know, um, he, he, he was really phenomenal, Mandla. I mean, he, uh, and after Happy had already... Uh, he played for us before uh, that season ended and he went to Pirates. Mm. And then the following season, um, Mandla had initially signed for Silver Stars. And Owen mm -hmm. Bergama was there and yes, Larry yes, Brookstone yes. had signed him. But there were issues there and all of that. And I took him back, played a season for us. And then uh, when Mushin was at Ajax Cape Town, his first stint at Ajax Cape Town, I called Mushin. I said, I got this kid, man. Just try him out mm. and let's see if uh, he'll make it. And Ian Goroa was Mushin's uh, assistant mm. then. And he went there, did well. And then Mushin said, look, speak to John Comites. You know, uh, we negotiated with John. We couldn't find each other. Then Mushin said, no, don't worry. At the end of the season, now I'm going to join Kaiser Chiefs. I'm going to take the boy with me to Chiefs. <laughs> then he spoke to Bobby and, and then that's how the deal happened. And it was actually, yeah, it was, it was one of our best uh, transfer ever at the club, before was the it? club later. Yeah, I mean, we, Mandla, we, was 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 good piece of business for the club, you know. How, uh, what do you make of how it ended, though, with the same club, Kaiser Chiefs? Well, I mean, it was unfortunate. Look, uh, we all clever after the, the fact. I think he knows that he could have handled it better. Um but, uh, you know, the players as well sometimes have to take responsibility when they're riding the crest of the wave. You know, mm -hmm. they listen to a lot of people. 
but Mandela has always been a good kid. You know, we all make mistakes. I think he he would look at that episode and he won't be proud of how it all ended. But, you know, he, he was looking out for his own interest and uh, unfortunately it didn't work out where he went. It didn't work out. Very. In the beginning it worked well in Denmark and then later on maybe not so good. So when you burn bridges, when you try and come back, uh, maybe there isn't no bridge for you to walk across again. So. Did he go against your advice? During that time when he had contractual issues at Chiefs? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, because as as the manager at the time, he negotiated with the club and um, he was, you know, convinced that it was time for him to go overseas. And then Pirates came in as well. And uh, he also believed that it was time to go overseas. Vets also came in. I had discussions as well with Jose at the time. And all three of them put offers on the table. Mm. Obviously, he... He didn't take any of the offers. He went overseas, and when he came back, uh, there was no space anymore, you know. But a great kid. Uh, I'm sure he's learned from his lessons. Uh, he's doing well now, I think, is in, in business. Okay. That's actually where uh, I think I would agree with you, where things went pear-shaped for him, I think, when he went to Denmark to Randers. Was it Randers, the club that he went Randers, to? Randers, yeah. He, he, you know, he, he, I think there was an agent involved from New Zealand who put him there, and, and, and the whole story as it unfolded, he wasn't. But uh, Europe's not very easy, not very easy. Uh, I'd lived, I've lived there for a couple of years, yes. so I tried to talk to him about it, but uh, he felt that it was time for him to go overseas. And... Um, I mean, I tried to open opportunities for him. In fact, all of them. Happy as well. I took him to Lance. Yeah. Uh, after he trained for a month, when he came back, his fortunes changed at Pirates. Mandla helped, went there to Paul Pogba's former team in France, Le Havre. He mm. spent three weeks at Le Havre. Um, so, but, you know, fortunes of players are never quite the same. You know, some are more luckier than others. Yep. So that's what happened. So now they want to know what happened to Walter Stars. Well, Walter Stars, because, you know, being based in Joburg and the team being in Middleburg, um, you know, all the traveling, sometimes they're playing in in Maserumula, in, uh, <laughs> in Limpopo, sometimes they're playing in Bush, uh, when, when we were in the Vodacom League. So it was very difficult. You know, when they're still playing in the Castle League, mm. it was close proximity. I could go watch games in Whitbank, in Creel and all of that, Carolina. But Vodacom meant quite a lot of travel and I didn't... I couldn't really attend a lot of the games. So I then handed over the team to the guys there, uh, Bongani Mabilisa and uh, and the guys there to say, guys, I think you better run the team. And then mm. I think they sold it and it changed the name and, and, and it just died. You but know? you must be proud of the work that you did and the talent that you unearthed through Walter Stars. Yeah, through Walter Stars, I think um, we tried our best, um, you know, at the time. There were a few players I think uh, Mbonani as well, who's at uh, Pulukwane City yes, now. He yes, came, yes. he played for us. Um, you know, a few other players, but uh, certainly there's two standouts. My brother also, Sbusi Somko, and I played there. Then he made his professional debut at Maritzburg. He later went to uh, to Tax, where he played with the likes of Jali, mm. uh, Peño Mongala, mm. and, and all of them. Unfortunately, he wasn't as successful, but happy and... Um, and Mandela were two of our, of our most successful players. But and Mjadle, wasn't he your player? Oh, no. In fact, the story of Innocent Mjadle. Now, now Mjadle played for us during the December Kasi tournament. Oh, when he wasn't allowed to? <laughs> no, he wasn't a professional player. Then. Oh, okay. No, I took, I, I, I took 
uh, recommended Innocent Mzlele to Orlando Pirates because he said he wanted to play for, for Walter Stars. Yes. I saw him play there, got to the final of this tournament election. He says, no, boss, I want to play for a team. I says, no, you're too good to play for us. I will get <laughs> you a team. Then I... I, I, I uh, I remember the Dr. Cause at the time, they had Mwamba Musasa, the yes, one with the gloves. Yes, with the one glove, yes. He was playing left back, and I think he was leaving the club. Uh. So the chairman says, hey, you know, if you find a left back, let me know. I says, I have one for you. He says, Are you, I, I says, I have one for you. I says, which one? I says, there's a guy called Innocent Mzlele. And then he, he had played in the playoffs for Vidbank Spurs and all of that. And uh, I think the chairman spoke to Augusto. Augusto watched him. Mm. And um, I set it up so Innocent went to play for Pirates, as we know. He came yeah. in, made his debut. One of the best left backs in this country. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. his, his career wasn't didn't last very long. Uh, you know, I think there were issues of lifestyle. There, but yes, what, yes, an, what an unbelievable actually. player, you know. So yeah, he came through us, but wow. we couldn't skip him because he was too good. Dinon Zovu, though, has to be one of your shining lights. How do you describe, firstly, your relationship with Dino? Funny you asked me this. Dino was at my house last night. He's leaving tonight. Now, in fact, he's on a flight to China. Wow. He was on my... You know, I saw this kid, Tabi. So he came at my house driving a top-of-the-range Bentley Continental. Just last night at my house. Whoa. And uh, this kid, I used to buy him KFC uh, when he was at Silver Stars. In fact, the relationship of how I ended up with Dino was how my relationship with Rulani Mkwena started, in which we fought with Rulani over. Because Dino, um, we, I, I saw him play for, he was in the Silver Stars before they became Platinum Stars, under 19. And Dino, uh, we, they were playing against Supersport under 19. I remember Ronwin Williams was in goal for Supersport. I'm talking about now 2009. In that one game, I saw this guy. I said, this must be one of the best young center forwards in the country. So I took him, and there were two friends of mine. One was a sports director, came from Lille. And uh, he watched him. He says, Walter, can I take this player to Lille? I says, of course, we arranged. In that very same game, Seramele Tswake had come to watch, you know, because under 20 had qualified for the FIFA under 20 World Cup in mm. uh, Egypt. Uh, if you remember that. Yes, yes, I remember so, that team very well. So Dino came in. In one moment, he was at uh, Silver Stars. The next moment, he was on a plane to France, going to, oh. to trials at Lille. And actually, he was very unlucky there because I think Lille, that very season, or season earlier, that promoted Eden Hazard to mm -hmm. the first team. He had come from, yes. the, from, the, from the juniors. So, and, and there were issues there. In the end, you never signed. Anyway, I took him to train at Portsmouth. We were in the Premier League in England. Then he came back, and then Christo Stoichkov, I remember Katle Pelo was injured, and mm. Christo Stoichkov says to me, we got very close with him. Uh, yeah. They had, I think, um, just one striker was fit, and Christo says, I'm looking for a striker. And I said, i got a youngster who's left-footed, take him. And immediately Christo signed him. I signed him up with Sundowns. You know, he had the up-and-down career, Dino, then from Sundowns. He, he never played a game. He was loaned to Bloemfontein Celtic. Then from Bloomington Celtic, his, his contract uh, expired. I was surprised Sundowns didn't keep him. And uh, when his contract expired, I got him a deal in Israel for mm. a, um, a team called Bnei Yahudi. Mm -hmm. Took him there, he played there. He did very well. Then Maccabi Haifa signed him 
I remember I went to Israel, uh, spent time with him. I did the deal at Maccabi Haifa. Then came back at Ma after Maccabi Haifa. Then he went to Cyprus, Cyprus, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan, China, China. Now he's rolling in the big bucks. But still a good kid, you know, still as humble like when I first found him. I remember, it's amazing when you tell the story of these uh, kids. I mean, I remember yeah. Dino, he would say, boss, I've had training, I'm hungry. I'd say, come, let's go the KFC. Here's a streetwise too with some bread there. And then he'll say, you know, my mother has no money for electricity. I said, give me your mom's account. Here's wow. some cash. And when I see him today here, and I thought, I'm very proud because I like to see, uh, I like to see people prosper in life, you know. And uh, I was very happy for him. I mean, he's uh, he's really done very well for himself. And and in fact, so as I was saying, the story of Dino brought Wandulani uh, Mukwena into my uh, mm. space. We first fought because it's that, yeah, you took my best player. I was at top of the lock. And the next thing, we were in the top five. So, but then we would later have our own. Um, <laughs> well, guess what? You said Dino is flying tonight. He found time to send us a voice note. How is that? Do we have that voice note from Dino Ndlovu ready? Hi, uh, everyone. This is Dino Ndlovu. Uh... It, it, it's actually a long story, but I'm just going to summarize it. Summarize it. How me and uh, Baba met, it was uh, in 2009, uh, going to uh, the year 2010. Uh, we met. Actually, he had a, um, he had a magazine called uh, Sports Arena. So they actually wanted to interview me. I forgot the guy who wanted to interview me. And they came to, because I was still I was still playing for Platinum Stars Academy, and uh, they wanted to interview me for a, sh a short scoop they do for young uh, upcoming uh, soccer players. So they came to our our training camp uh, in Modena um, Fontaine. So they interviewed me, and after the interview, they just told me that uh, when the, the story is going to be published and when, and then they'll give me a copy. And the same day, the guy was interviewing me and he just asked me, like, out of the blue, just who said, who's your agent? And I said, I don't have an agent. He said, okay, no problem. Uh, and the funny part is, he asked me that because of, uh, I think, three or four days before we left for Bay Hill uh, tournament, um, they said uh, uh, that we were playing a first team uh, game with the Platinum Stars first team. I was in the reserve team because Walter had a player that uh, Platinum Stars first team went to watch. And they were supposed to play, the first team of Platinum Stars was supposed to play Jomo Cosmos. So Jomo Cosmos had canceled the game. So we gave them uh, the game and I played amazing. The game I had was amazing. I think that was the game Walter spotted me and so I mean, that's why he was intrigued and interested to give me an interview. Um, and yeah, everything is used to her after that. But uh, the contribution he had on me, you know, it's not only on football, you know. The, the philosophy instilled, the respect, how to be humble, you know. Even things don't go your way, you know, never, you know, never break, how to be strong, you know. He's one of the guys that I will, I will, at any given time, if he will give me a call and he asks for anything, I will be there. And I know also the same thing that if I I, I do be uh, in uh, you know in a dugout that I need help from him, he will be there for me also. You know we had uh, I know our ups and downs, but you know 
at the end of the day, you know, what, what has killed a lot of uh, football players, our agents in South Africa, is because of they've, their relationship was based on money. But me and Walter's uh, relationship is what mainly because of respect and brotherhood. That's why we've, we've, we've gone so long, you know, and I've given that respect and I've always uh, held them high in everything I, I do. Uh, and our base, uh, our relationship doesn't go only in football, but also in business, you know. But uh, I just want to say to him, uh, Baba, Mr. Walter Mukwena, uh, I don't have much to say, but uh, I just want to say that I have so much respect. And uh, just know that uh, in anything that you need, uh, I'm, I'm all, I'll always be there. And uh, in anything you, 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 you feel that you want to talk about, that you feel that you, you want to pass across, I'll, 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 I'll be there. And uh, I just want to say thank you for also, you know, sharpening me uh, with uh, the books that you've always given me, the, uh, the advices and uh, all the encouragement you give me and you, all the, the pep talks that you've given me when I, uh, things didn't go my way and uh, when I wanted to just to do my own things, you just put me in, in place. And I just want to say I love you and I respect you for that. Thanks. Thanks, Dino. Safe flight. Thanks for the voice note. Baba, <laughs> is Dino Lovu misunderstood? Because South Africans love to hate him. Yeah, but... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Sometimes, um, I don't know, but... I'll say something here. Yeah, I won't say even it's controversial, because I say how I hear it in my head. You know, I think that in this country, fundamentally, um, fans... When they they look at players, mm-hmm. first there's affinity. So if you didn't play for Chiefs and Pirates, yeah. comes back. Look, you can go back to Filma Singer's days. Mm. Filma Singer for all the you know the, his contribution to South African football. His only scene was that he never played for Kaiser Chiefs and Lando Pirates because those are the set of fans that will defend one of their own. Mm. So Tinel was the same. He was a you know he's not. I I think that. Um, uh, you know, obviously he's a very confident boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he you know speaks up for himself, but I think it's largely to do with the fact that he never played for any of the big two necessarily. And at Sundowns, he never really you know played. But I don't think it would have made much of a difference if he haven't played for Chiefs or Pirates. You know, fans that generally you know couldn't be bothered about you if they've got someone if they've got the stick out, you're the first to get it. Mm. But I think is 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 a great player. You know, uh, the dying breed, the center forward, number nine. And um, I think he's doing well with his, with his career. Is the money good in China? Oh, yeah, certainly. I think the guy is comfortably uh, like a dollar millionaire for sure. Even in the second division? Yeah, because they, I mean, I think uh, these, that team is owned by one of the richest uh, businessmen in China. Ah. And, uh, you know, they lost out to promotion just by, you know, uh, I think in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, they make good money there because it's a team that's really, you know, they're wealthy. And uh, I think foreigners, when you come in there, you get into a particular salary bracket. Uh, I don't think it's short of cash, to be honest. What can, what can young players take from Dino's story? Because like we said, South Africans don't really rate him, but he's gone and he's played. I don't want to say obscure leagues, but in these lesser known leagues and he's stuck it out. He doesn't come back like the other guys. Uh, let me tell you, the guy, um, if there wasn't politics at Lille, he would have signed at Lille, mm. right? And, uh, but he's tough. Dino is tough. Even when you went to, um, when things didn't work out, you know, at the time when Sundowns didn't renew his contract, 
How I could have done, I would have said, okay, renew your contract, put him out on loan. They didn't. So the Israeli team got him for free. They got him for free, B'nai Yahuda, and they would later sell him to Maccabi Haifa for one million US dollars at that <laughs> time. Mm. So a player that you got for free, you sold him for like 14 million, right? And he got to Maccabi Haifa, then he was playing in the Europa League, etc., etc. Then he was bought by one of the, uh, the big clubs in Cyprus. He went there, he was playing Europa League as well. So it's a bit like the, the story of players sometimes is not always a uh, straightforward route. Mm. I mean, you can go to check Yaya Toure before it became Barcelona and all yeah. of that. He was in Ukraine. He was Thiago Silva. He played. You know, some players go through the, the football, what you call footballing backwaters in Europe before mm. they get to the top. I think Dino is a classical case. He's looked after himself very well. He's a great professional, great athlete. And that's why he's making it. You know, it's not easy to play in that, but he, he, he's a, got a tough mindset. Even when things are tough, he will not say, I want to come back home. Even when things weren't working out in Israel, he took a loan, he went to super sport. Things mm -hmm. didn't quite work out here. I think he's got too many friends when he's here, mm -hmm. but when he's away, you know, he's joined by his wife and kids. He's able to focus a lot more. Arguably, for me, one of the most talented center forwards, uh, not because I've worked with him, mm -hmm. but because... Um, you know, if a team like Lille, which has got this top scouting network, are going to take you and because he went to preseason with Lille. I mean, mm. they went to play in Belgium and all of that. I think he was unlucky with injuries earlier on. But as you can see, in fact, there's 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 a story that you would hear about center forwards. They mature around 28, 29. Uh -huh. uh, because, you know, you, you play against very experienced defenders and all of that. So the peak age for center forwards, just generally globally, mm. it's around late 20s, like, like center backs. And of course, center forwards are those kind of players that we don't appreciate in South Africa. I mean, Levin Mutiba is scoring goals in France, but South Africans are saying that he is very lucky to be playing for Bafana Bafana. Walter, I want to bring it back to you because um, I might just we might just get carried away here and I want to acknowledge people's tweets and people's questions here. Um, Kosinati says, good evening, Tabi. So you have a legend for legendary uh, he says you have a legend because legendary is not age-based. The guy has brains uh, keep rising. And uh, thank you to SABC for opening doors. And then somebody else uh, says that... Um, where's the other tweet? Okay. Nazim Khrodbom says, wants to know what made him take a decision to join politics. Are you in politics? Is that how you describe your new role as an advisor to the Sports, <laughs> Arts and Culture Ministry? Well, um, you know... I serve at the pleasure of uh, Minister Natim Tetwa. Um, so when you say politics, uh, invariably because when you get appointed to be an advisor in the office of the ministry, in the ministry, the ministry as the political head of the department, so you you are in the private office, or let's call it the political office of the minister. So by extension, you are in politics. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of us are in politics. You are in the politics of sport. You know, <laughs> others are in politics of arts and all of that. But we all have an opinion about things, and uh, and we're playing a leadership role in that. So you know, it's just that others are in what you call retail politics. You know, every mm. day, you know, Amandla and all of that. <laughs> and uh, so, but but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't choose this. I was involved in politics at school. Mm. I was one of the youngest presidents of the SRC at my school. I was 16 years old at the time. But I didn't want to go this route. Uh, but as it turned out, 21 years later, it found me. But I started as well. I got a degree in uh, in, in politics mm. from UJ. So, I mean, yeah, I'm here now. I'm serving my country in the area that is my passion, sport. 
and uh, we put in the hard work and, and let's see what kind of future will you know will emerge okay more tweets andy lemachola says the story of happy jelly is fire walter is the next dr koza and dr kaiser bonga says what a sport personality a true south african even behind your job you're still a south african and uh, t- taking from santana time when he criticized him in front of millions big up walter keep up the good work and uh, somebody else says that please ask Walter why he never went to Supersport like all the other SABC people. Uh, Donald says, long time since you left, SABC Sport is boring without you. Please consider coming back. Uh, Kaya says, you have a legend in the house. Any tips of longevity in this cutthroat industry for aspiring sportscasters? And Mobile says, I remember what he said about Joel Santana live on air. He was just like all of us. He was fed up like everyone else i guess it's been raised so much that we have to get into that one how do you look back at those comments that you made about joel santana because uh well it's been documented that it cost you your job at sabc in fact it didn't cost me my job that's a misconception that i actually have to correct please do um so the joel santana thing mm. it happened in 2009 it was a confet cup right I was suspended from then on. That was in 2009. So it can't have cost my, me my job because I anchored the whole 2010 FIFA World Cup. So if this thing happened in 2009, I served somewhat my suspension. Then I came back. I hosted the opening of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. I did all the Bafana games. I did Bafana Mexico, Bafana Uruguay, Bafana France. And I did the final as well, Spain and Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at the time, I'd already made up my mind that I would relocate and go and live in Paris. So, mm. I was suspended. It wasn't the first suspension; it was the second one, I think. But um, I, no, certainly, SABC didn't fire me, mm. and I served four months of my twelve-month contract because I did mention to the management that I'm planning to to take a sabbatical and relocate to overseas. And is that when? Firstly, do you regret your comments that you made about Joel Santana because the tweets are saying you said what all of us were thinking? No, I mean, I I, I, liked, uh, I have a habit of saying what people are thinking but not saying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because for me, I'm not the one. I'm I'm not a coward. I'm not afraid to, to pay for my views with my job. I'm not that kind of a person. I'm happy. I can start again all over again tomorrow doing something, I don't know, helping kids at school or whatever. I, I, I would never do anything just because I need to protect my job. No, I will always uh, say what I think, um, you know. I, I would have said this exactly the same thing, mm. you know, given another chance. That he must go. Certainly. It wasn't only him. I said he must go with his captain. With his captain, yes. And people are saying, you're slamming your brother. Arun Muko, and i got to tell you the funniest thing about Joel Santana. I was in Brazil for the Olympic Games in 2016. I asked a few people about him. They didn't know him for his coaching abilities, but they knew him because he used to do adverts for heads and shoulders. He was a TV guy and he was a TV, TV star. And that's how many people knew Joel Santana. And I went on YouTube and I saw so many videos of him advertising uh, shampoo, shower gel and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, that was our Bafana Bafana coach. We've s- okay, um, I'm going to take a break and then I'll let you answer the other questions. I'm not ignoring the one about why he didn't go to Supersport and the one about whether he would come back to SABC. Leading sport stories of the day. On SAFM. Okay, let's answer them, Walter, before I go to the voice notes. Would you come back to the SABC? Because in 2017, you announced what looked like a retirement. 
Well, in life, uh, you know, never is a very long day. So, but uh, for now, I think um, I've had my innings. I think it's time for other young, talented people like yourself, you know, to to assume that space. <laughs> Thank you. And then somebody else says, "Why didn't you go to SuperSport like everybody else?" Look, for any player, you know, uh, there must be a, a team that's willing to to, to transfer, to, you know, to transfer you. So, they didn't uh, come in with an offer, so they didn't find me. Worthy <laughs> working for them, so uh, you can't sit and think that everybody think you that you're good and all of that. So, you know, I stayed at SABC ten year long service, and I came back. I think I did another two years. So, and I'm I'm happy with my body of work. So, are you done with sport broadcasting? I have no plans, certainly in the short uh, to medium term, to come back into broadcasting. Okay, let's go to the voice notes. Hi, member. Um, Zico Smith, all the way from Macau. You, you, you are interviewing a legend there. You know, old Mukwena. Love to watch him. You know, member. Uh, now that Walter is working with uh, the Minister of Arts, Sports, and Recreation, what is that that he's doing there in the office to make sure that a young boy or a young girl from the rural areas is having the infrastructure so that uh, we can see the next Kahito Rabada coming from the deep rurals of this country, the next uh, swimmer, the next tennis player coming from the deep rural. What is he doing as someone who I know that he's so passionate about sports? Thank you, member. Yeah, good evening, good evening, guys. You are having a real legend there. This is a legend of all. I remember him when he finished his show, he will say, I'm all These guys, they are giving us a history and they are giving us a present and they are giving us a future. Good luck, my brother. Evening, dear Tabiso Tulania from Holland. Great guy there in studio, very insp- inspirational story. What I get from his story is that when there's no door, just create one. What he has done to these players, it's something amazing. Can you please ask him, does he help coaches also, since he's an agent, to learn from Orlando? Thanks, member. Okay. He wants to know, Do you are you an agent for coaches also or just players? Um, you know, it's funny you should, I should talk about that. I, I think people have been wondering the story of Rulani Mukwena, yes. whether we're related or not. I yes. told you earlier on that Rulani and I f- first met when with the Dylan Lovett topic. Yes. Actually, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Rulani, after, after we, we had all of that, we kept in contact. Mm. And when uh, Platinum Stars were located to Bafokeng, they didn't keep him. Mm. So twenty around, we kept in contact around 2010 World Cup. Um, I was asked to put together a team of players that were going to give Italy a friendly warm-up game before mm. their opening game against Paraguay. Mm. So we got those players. A lot of them, I was managing them uh, to come and give this. And then I called Rulani to go and coach the team. Wow. And Rulani, he must have been 23 at the time. The guy wrote me a technical report at the end of the game. I said, no, man, I didn't want any of this. He says, no, this is how I work. And I thought, you know what? This is a young man, really, you know, to keep quite close. Anyway, to cut the long story short, uh, when I still had my media business, um, when you didn't have a, a gig, I employed him just as a scout. Mm. I said, come and work for me as a scout. Scout for players. In the afternoon, you can go and train your team Black Poison. Mm. 
Anyway, I, I then went to live in France and then Rulani, uh, when he got a job to coach a sporting academy in, in Boxback, mm. I released him. Then I came back one trip from France and he was, he said, I'm sitting at home for three months. He says, why? He says, they haven't paid me. I said, okay, oh. fine. There and there. I was still managing Taylor Goben at Sundowns. I remember having a meeting. Now, here's a guy who has to take a lot of credit. He hasn't been given a lot of credit for yeah. Rulani. The guy called Trot Molot. Mm-hmm. I was at Sundowns. I said, hey, Trapatoni, there's a young star, man. Mm. I think that I'm not saying give him a job. Why don't you interview him and maybe look to put him in your development as an assistant and all of that? And Trot said to me, Walter, if you're saying the guy is good, mm. he must then be good. And uh, they called him in, they interviewed him, and a week later, Rolani sent me his, uh, a letter of appointment, head coach of under 15 or something yeah. like that. 18 months later, he was promoted to the first team. Yes. Not, be, not, not before you won so many trophies with the under 19s. Right, with uh, <laughs> players like Pesita, yes. Modisha, and all of that. And, uh, you know, he's like a young brother to me, but, you know, um, I, I saw that talent even then. So when he... Uh, eventually at sundowns where he was when the offer came from pirates he came to me like a big brother he says hey, there's this you know what do you say i said it's up to you and then mm. i said okay i'll help you but i come a long way with him as well uh, from 2009 uh, up until now we we speak what do you make week. of how things have turned out at pirates he was at very unlucky one of the top coaches in the country mm. one of the top ones you know very unlucky but he's going to be a a very very successful coach in this country and possibly abroad he'll coach a national team i think um really really an incredibly talented and very humble young man you see yeah. people are quick to judge because they judge in the moment in the zone anybody who hasn't met you and they've only seen you when you're at work rulani is one of the most humble human beings you'll ever meet even when you meet his mother you see exactly the same thing a really really you know i call him a gold medal human being he's really really tops and and I do believe that um, he's going to come right. He's going to become very big in this country as a head coach. Definitely, definitely one uh, for the future there, uh, Rolani Mukwena. I've had a chance to interview him. I actually interviewed him when he was with the Sundowns under-19s for the first time because he was winning so much. And we had to find out who is this uh, coach and, um, and and the rest, as they say. Well, we've seen what he's done over the past uh, couple of months. Football Arena. Where is Football Arena? The magazine you that yeah that was the now, publication it was now 2007 somewhere there but you know when i decided that i was relocating because my mother had passed on in 2008 so mm. i just wanted to get away go very far away nobody would fight me where i didn't speak the language i didn't know the culture i didn't have any friends whatever i had as I said, didn't matter to me anymore. I just wanted to get away. So mm. that included football arena. I just mm. shut it down and I left. I just took a bag full of clothes with my passport and that was it. And uh, until I later came back beginning of 2014. Mm. So, and, you know, with it, a new chapter. People want to know where is Rolani now? I think he's at his house in the south somewhere. Mm. <laughs> I know it's tongue and cheek. He's back here. You know, he's, a, he's employed by Orlando Pirates Football Club. So he works for the club. I think yeah. he goes training and yeah, he's here. Okay, we are out of time, completely out of time. But I just want to get your reaction on the reaction that you've received, Walter. There's so much we didn't talk about. You were lecturing at one stage. You went to France, like you said, to become a football agent. You've got uh, so many things that you're doing. Joburg Post is one of those that I saw. But just what do you make of the reaction from the people? 
Well, uh, it's very humbling, you know, because uh, these the people umuntu muntu ngabantu. The people out there who would you know tune in and watch the show, listening to your show, yeah, these are the people who make us Tabiso. Without uh, them, you know, we we are nothing. So for me, it's really humbling, and I thank each and every person who supported me. When I was still a little youngster coming in, walking gingerly into this field, you know, making many mistakes and people say, no, we like him, you know, he'll grow. And he grew up in the industry. But yeah, it's, it's quite overwhelming and humbling. And I thank everybody who's uh, tried to call and those that couldn't get through. Sorry, but uh, yeah. Uh, we'll bring so him much. back to answer questions like where is Guampete because people want to know but Walter <laughs> thank you for joining us I know it's not something that you do all the time but I just hope you're encouraged by the messages of support and you realize the impact that you had in many people's lives especially us on the other side of the mic now we looked up to you and we continue to do and uh, may God bless you and uh, wish you all the best in the work that you're doing now and the more work that you'll be doing going forward thank you very much Tabis and thanks to the SFM listeners as well and a good night to everybody Thank you, guys. It's time for news.